Welcome back to Spoken Joe's Driving Range right here on Sports Radio 650 AM. This next young individual, I mean, unfortunately, we couldn't get her in the studio because she is a breath of fresh air. She is the sunshine that starts today. And I have to say, she is probably the hardest looking golf professional in the world. Oh, sleep is overrated. Oh, let me tell you. Well, please welcome (laughs) Deb Angelo. Good morning. Good morning, Joe. I wish I could have been there with you guys. You I always just, have a great time. So. You just anyway. got back from Pinehurst? Yes, we had our LPGA Teaching and Club Professional National Championship, which is a big deal in our part of the organization. And it was a wonderful week and just played Pinehurst number eight. We're going to play there again next year. And it was a very, very hard trek, tough course, hot, hot, hot conditions. But the ladies persevered. So... I got to ask you, with your career known for teaching, known right. for being an ambassador of golf, right. and a golfer, yes. which of the three give you the most joy? Well, you know, I wish I was a better player because every time I'm around all of these unbelievable players, I think, God, if I could just spend the time and really, really the energy working on my game, is it possible? But I'll tell you what, teaching is still my love. And it's not just because I'm not a strong player. It's really probably how it would have ended up for me anyway. So I'm lucky that I, I'm working in this great game. Now, I'm going through a time frame here with my game, and I, got, I guess I need to get some advice here. Uh, I'm having trouble with my irons, and, you know, I sit there and I keep telling myself, okay, you know, just keep working. And you know how to do this game. You got blah, blah. When should a person kick themselves in the behind and say, go see a pro? Well, you know what? Sometimes, that, first of all, it's just the ebb and flow of golf. You just may be kind of on a little bit of a downer per se because you just kind of oscillate all the time. But I'm here to tell you that sometimes if it's something that you can't figure out, sometimes just a few minutes with somebody that has eyes on you can just say, did you know that you every time you set up that you know your ball position is off or did you know that you're lined up a little right, which if I go one day without seeing that, that's a weird day. I mean, little things that just get you back on track because so much of it is just how you're starting off in the setup and some you can't really see yourself and another set of eyes might be the difference maker now let me throw this at you i call you up and i say deb i need a i need a lesson okay can you help me out and you say sure and we say okay how about uh sunday at two o'clock at riverbend i said okay i'll be there right and i show up and i say deb do you mind if we have the hour out on the golf course because I, I think that, you know, if I sit on the range, I just, I do it. But when I get on the golf course, it's like different. Is that an unusual request? No. I mean, you know what? Honestly, I wish I could do a lot more. I wish I could do every lesson out on the golf course because it's very real. It's a logistical nightmare, you can imagine, especially on the weekends. And when I schedule playing lessons, which won't be a full nine holes half the time because we just jump around and we try different scenarios and we, you know, just kind of figure out where you're most challenging areas are i do them first thing in the morning right at eight because this way we can get out and be ahead of everybody that tees off so we don't have to feel like we're actually playing golf and not really having to spend quality time so that is something more people wish i could do more of and it's just just a challenge you know because of 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 traffic flow so but i do the best i can and people grab those eight o'clock slots you know all week and that's that's really the most fun time i have teaching too because it's very real the lpga I am very impressed with your Commissioner Juan. He's a good guy, too. And isn't he impressive? I mean, what he's done, um, visionary, turning around the association, making it a global tour. I mean, these are things that were very, very hard for people to swallow when he first came on board. And I'm telling you one thing, he's he's really, really risen the whole whole organization. I mean, the, the level of play, 
the money is still not compared to the men where anybody would like it to be, but it's just so much better than when it looked like the tour was going the other direction. Well, I saw a great interview the other night. David Faraday had uh, uh, Christy Kerr on. And, oh, yeah? And uh, she made the comment, and she says, well, I agree with Julie Inkster. I says, she says, I look at these corporations on the PGA Tour, and I say yeah. to them, why are you discriminating? Uh, you know what? Very, very much so, especially for um, really impact. You know, and if it's any company that, that has any kind of women's product, it's like a no-brainer, but that's not even happening. But above and beyond that, the corporations that, that wouldn't look at the women's tour, all they got to do is experience a pro-am and come and see how different it is with the LPGA tour and the LPGA teaching professionals that are becoming part of these events when they do a teaching event in conjunction with the tour they really will write a check pretty quickly after that because it's just different. The players are very, very much engaging. They get it. They understand how much these sponsors mean. So it's a very authentic, good time. You know, where sometimes maybe on the PGA Tour, um, the guys, there's a bunch of good guys too. They, they do the pro-am thing. But I just got to believe on our side it's just a little different, and that's what we hear over and over again when a corporate sponsor does sign up. We just got to get more of those folks doing that well you know the pga tour because of the pros and their complaints and everything have changed their their pro-ams now the players don't necessarily play 18 holes no they no. play like nine holes and also when they play the nine holes it's like they play three they they, they, they like play them in a series of three holes so they can play with more guys but they yeah. get them out of there and, and then they even have some tournaments where the guys they just have the guys sit at a at, a, at, at one hole and hit a shot or something, but uh, but you know it's also funny with the LPGA. You know, in the world of advertising, the uh-huh. number one demographic that most people are buying for is women eighteen to forty nine. You better believe it. I mean, women. And if we just look at just the golf, the golf growth area, women and girls are the predominant area of growth, and at least that's in our favor because we have some neat initiatives that are helping draw people to the to us. You know. The LPGA Women's Network is a wonderful online community that we are hosting and really going to town with. I mean, there are tons of subscribers, and it's not just women in golf. It's every other thing associated with, you know, playing the sport, anything from nutrition to skin care. And then we have a very good initiative that was just on the Golf Channel the other day. Uh, it's a hashtag invite her. The idea being that, you know, the power of invitation is why anybody might come to this game. And if women invite women, that's a very, very big step into the game. And I think it's really going to take off. It's exciting. Now, when we started the show today, we were just kind of talking back and forth. And we brought up an interesting observation that I think I cannot believe. What's that? Brooke Henderson won the Canadian Open last week. And I'll tell you what, she's right up there this week in Portland. Isn't that wonderful? I mean, that's, I think, the first time a country woman in Canada has won, I think maybe since the 70s is what I read. 45 years the tournament has been played. She's the first Canadian. And I'm like, wait a minute. Hey, what's going on up there? You know? well she's been she's been knocking on the door and for her to win if there's anyone that she could have picked to win of course she's going to pick there and what a neat i think the picture of the tournament was when she had her whole family around her hoisting the trophy you just can't imagine what that will do for young girls and women in golf in Canada i mean what a boost oh i think golf her. overall because i think her caddy is her sister yes yeah yes. it's a family yeah. affair uh and by the way brooke i think 21 She's not. She's, yeah, maybe twenty-two now, but yeah, very young. How's she, that? <laughs> she can't rent a car. 
Yeah. Oh, well, that's right. <laughs> no, she can't. Right. You know, I've, I've often thought about this. All these young players that come out and you go, okay, if they're not 21, yeah. they got to have, they have to have a chaperone basically. But anyway, so uh, now, you know, another thing about the LPGA, some of, you know, I hear this on my golf course. So I turn around and I go, are you kidding me? There's a, there, there, there's this thing about, well, the LPGA is lopsided. It's, it's being dominated by the Asian golfer. And I'm like, oh. and I'm like, who cares? It's all competition. I don't care, but it seems like it's a it's a it's a point out there. But I don't think it matters. Do you? Yeah, it is. It's you know you hear that you hear that enough. It just you know we're a global tour. We, you want to play against the best in the world. Well, along with global comes opportunity based on TV rights and sponsorships, and that's what's really elevated the tour. But above and beyond that, if you look at probably, like, bring even up the leaderboard, it's mostly an American leaderboard this week. I mean, it just so happens that a couple of the best players in the world are, you know, from that side of the world, you know, Asia, Thailand. And if you look at the full leaderboard, there's enough Americans, but it still always seems like more on the Asian side just because of the, the number of winners. But I think it's all okay. I think our women understand, you know, that they, they've got to keep – Keep rising their level of play, and and uh, this is this is reality to play against the best in the world. You don't want to make it just a U.S. based tour. <clears throat> no, so. I, I I have no problem with all. I just want to see good competition. Now, as I introduced you, I said one of the hardest working golfers in the world, oh, and here yeah. I get this note that you have accepted the nomination for re-election. So you haven't been re-elected yet. That you okay. and your partner Karen Jansen. You are, yes. The two of you are the national president, vice president, and LPGA teaching and club professional membership. And you say we would accept that nomination if they voted for us. Where are you yep. finding all this time? Well, you know, it's it's a great balance. I mean, I love doing this, and it has been a busy, busy three years, but we have a couple of initiatives and projects that we want to finish up, and we get to run for another term, and I'm really hopeful that, you know, the membership membership seems satisfied with the job we've done. I, I don't, you know, someone's always going to kind of come up and run against you, and, and they're two really, really good professionals also. I'm just hoping our record speaks for itself and that we get to finish it up before we pass the baton. But it's, um, it's been very re- rewarding. I've gotten to know a lot of the inner workings. I've gotten to really, really, with a good team of executive presidents across the country, our geographically segmented section presidents. You know, I've just got a great team, and I just hate to have it be, like, just over and done in three years because we feel like we took the first year just to find the water cooler. Now we got, you know, figure it all out because it's, it's you have to really figure out the culture, what, what really can work, getting to know the commissioner better so that we see what he has a vision about, and everything's just coming together nicely, and I'm just hopeful it works out. Deb, be careful, because once you find the water cooler, they're going to expect you to replace the bottles. Okay. Well, I think I've done that once or twice, too. I'm the only one that left them. <laughs> well, now, if, if I need to get my lesson from you, how do I get a hold of you? How do I get more information about Deb Vangelo and your teaching element? Well, you're so nice. You know, I teach at Riverbend Country Club in Sugarland, and I can take non-members, which has been wonderful, and it's just a great place. Um, my website is where you schedule online, which is www.com. Deb Vangelo You are a breath of fresh air. You're sunshine to everybody's life, and thank you for being the best. No, you're the best. Next time I'll come in and see, and then we'll have breakfast after. You got it. Let's do that. All right. All right. Take care. Have a great weekend. You too, Deb Vangelo, right there. Boy, is she she is great. I mean, what a personality. I, I mean, it makes you want to go take a lesson from her. I mean, she she's like so. Oh, 
Anyway, what a great show we've had. Thank you, Omar Uriste, and congratulations on your win at the STPGA 50th Championship. Thank you, Chris King, for telling me I have to be at Myrtle Beach next year for the world's largest championship, amateur championship, and the world's largest 19th hole. And thank you, Devangelo, for all you do. I am Smoking Joe. That is Leslie T. This is Smoking Joe's Driving Range. You can catch us every Saturday morning, 8 a.m., right here on Sports Radio, 6.50 a.m. Have a great weekend.